Morning, everyone. A blessed Sunday to all of you this morning. Um, and uh, since I won't be here next Sunday, let me all greet you a Merry Christmas in advance. Merry Christmas. Today we will continue and end our journey through the book of Amos. We have been studying this for three weeks. And as I've mentioned before, um, Amos is only one of two writing prophets who were sent to the northern kingdom. The other one being the prophet, naalala nyo? Yun, Hosea. Good job. Okay, the prophet Hosea. Most of the other prophets were sent to the southern kingdom, which is Judah. Now, the question is, Pastor, how come there is a northern and southern kingdom in Israel? I believe many of us know already, but as a review and to those who don't know yet, if you want to know why, you have to turn your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 12 or to 2 Chronicles chapter 10 to understand the history of how the divided kingdom came to be. Bakit pa nagkaroon ng dalawa? It all started actually when King Solomon, King Solomon died and his son, King Rehoboam, took over as king of the united Israel. When Jeroboam, the representative of the people, came to Rehoboam to request to lighten the workload of the people, Rehoboam rejected their request and instead, sabi niya, papahirapan ko pa kayo. I shall impose a heavier demand from them. And so, because of this, nagalit mga tao, the people revolted. Jeroboam led a rebellion against Rehoboam. And then, the ten tribes of Israel broke away from the Davidic monarchy, forming the northern kingdom and establishing Jeroboam as their king. Now, even though the southern kingdom of Judah was only left with two tribes out of twelve, dalawa na lang natira, this rebellion actually has a bigger negative impact on the northern kingdom. Mas mabigat yung impact niya on the northern kingdom and negatively. Why? Because the appointed place to worship the Lord, which is Jerusalem, is in Judah, nasa southern kingdom. In Judah. And so, breaking away from the Davidic king, the Davidic monarchy, means breaking away from Jerusalem. And so, break, and breaking away from Jerusalem means breaking away from the Lord. And that is actually what happened to the northern kingdom. The result was the people of the northern kingdom fell into idolatry. And their idolatry led them to their idolatrous ways like exploiting the poor. We have discussed two weeks ago. It has led them to sexual immorality and many other injustices. And so what happened is that the, the Lord's judgment came to the northern kingdom first. And just as Amos prophesied, the northern kingdom of Israel was wiped away completely by the Assyrians and they were driven away from their land. This prophecy was written in Amos chapter 9, which came to pass around 720 BC. This was the rise and fall of the northern kingdom of Israel. 
It all started when they rebelled against God's anointed king, the Davidic monarchy. But Amos' prophecies did not end with tragedy. In the closing verses of Amos were written prophecies of future restoration that will come after destruction. Ski Amos, no, chapter 1 to chapter 9, puro judgment. Nasaan yung restoration? Nasa last five verses. And what was probably more surprising to the northern kingdom was how this restoration will come to pass. Paano mangyayari itong restoration na to? In Amos 9 verse 11, sabi, In that day, I will raise up the booth of David that is fallen and repair its breaches and raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. He will raise up the booth of David. Do you understand now how Israel would have been shocked by this prophecy? The very monarchy that they rebelled against, the very king, the line of kings they reject, will be the one that God, the, the one will be used by God to bring about their restoration. Imagine, imagine yo, making someone your enemy. But then in the end, you realize that that someone is the only one who can save you from your problems. Kamot ulo, no? Paano na yan? What would you do if you were Israel? What would you do? Would you go back and make amends? Or would you continue to be rebellious and find some other ways to solve all your problems? Ah, hindi ko yung kailangan. I can find my own way. <coughs> now, I know the Davidic monarchy under Rehoboam and Solomon were not good monarchies. They were actually bad. They, their reign put their own people to hard labor and slavery, which caused division to the kingdom. But, the Davidic king Amos prophesied about and the future kingdom he described were very different from the ones the northern kingdom broke away from. It's very different. And so before you answer my question, if you were Israel, would you return? Let us first look at Amos' prophecy about this future Davidic kingdom that will come. And then you decide whether you will return or not. Fair enough? So, if you have your Bibles with you, keep them open to Amos chapter 9 as we learn more about this prophecy. As always, I don't put the passage, our main passage on the PowerPoint because I want us to look in our Bible. So, please open your Bibles to Amos chapter 9. Now, the prophet Amos opened his prophecy of restoration with the words, In that day. In that day. Which actually refers to the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the coming judgment or restoration of God. Um, it's a future day where God's will will be done. This is actually, if you remember uh, two weeks ago, the day the Israelites were waiting for, but with the wrong reasons and with the wrong expectation. As I mentioned before, Amos prophesied during a time of peace and prosperity in Israel. There were peace and prosperity in Israel, second golden age of Israel. And so, the people thought that on the day of the Lord, God will defeat all their enemies and make them rulers of the world. Kala nila, okay, okay sila in the sight of God. But little did they know 
that the day of the Lord will be a day of judgment against them. Because actually, God was not happy with them despite their peace and prosperity. Hindi yung galing kay God. God was actually angry at them. Why? Because their wealth, their prosperity was accumulated through committing injustice to their fellow man. And so, Amos prophesying judgment against them on the day of the Lord must have come as a shock to them. Na-mention ko yun last time, di ba? Kasi nagsisiyahan sila eh. And then there's a uh, judgment. They were surprised. Huh? Ida-judge tayo? And adding to that, they must have been more surprised to hear that after their judgment, God will bring restoration to them. But, in the hands of their enemy, their brothers, their kin, whom they have rebelled against and made as enemies. Amos prophesied that the Davidic king will return to rule over Israel and all other nations. It will not them who will be rulers of the world in the end, but a king from the line that they have rejected. The line of David. Look at your Bibles in verse 11 to 12. It says there, In that day I will raise up the booth of David that has fallen and repair its breaches and raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. Now, booth of David, what does this mean? The booth here also can be translated as tent, which we can understand as the tent of David or maybe the house of David. And it might be talking about the family line of David. But in Hebrew, the word booth is pronounced as sukkoth, sukkoth, which is actually, if you know your Bibles well, a name of a place in the Bible and one of King David's military stronghold. And so, Amos can be prophesying the repair and the rebuilding of David's stronghold, a reestablishment of David's power. And with this power, this Davidic king will not only rule over Israel, but also, it says in the Amos prophecy that he will rule also their neighboring countries and even all the nations in the world that God ordained to give this Davidic king. A Davidic king will return to rule over Israel and all other nations. But the question is, what kind of rule is this? Will it be also an oppressive one that will force God's people to hard labor and slavery like the reign of Rehoboam? Will it be like that? You know, interestingly, this same verse in Amos was quoted in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, during the days of the early church. In Acts chapter 15, James, the brother of Jesus, one of the leaders of the early church, believed that this prophecy points to the inclusion of the Gentiles as part of God's people through their faith in the resurrected Christ. In Acts 15, 12 to 18, look at the, the screen, the, the Bible verse there. It says, And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentile to take from them a people for his name. And with these words of the prophets agreed, just as it is written, listen to this. 
After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who make these things known from of old. San galing? Amos chapter 9, tama ba? So what kind of Davidic monarchy is, profi- is Amos profi- pro- prophesying about? It actually points to a Davidic king who will not only lead the descendants of Abraham, but will also open the way for other nations, Gentiles, outsiders, outcasts, to be included in the family of God. The Lord promises restoration at the return of this Davidic king who will open the way for all sorts of people, Jews, Samaritan, Gentiles, tayo yun. Sinners, tayo din yun. God opened the way for us to be part of the kingdom of God through this Davidic king. This is the promise God is giving to rebellious Israel. That after their punishment, God will bring about restoration. But that restoration when, comes when they return to their king. This is actually the message of restoration in Amos. That restoration comes when we return to our king. Restoration comes when we return to our king. That is the only way Israel, and all of us for that matter, will receive restoration when we return to the king. So the question is, will Israel return to their king? And my question to you, will you return to your king? If you still can't decide, let's look at more prophecy about the return of this king. Amos not only prophesied that the Davidic king will return to rule over Israel and all other nations, but also that his return will bring about healing in the land. Look at your Bibles in Amos 9 verse 13. Sabi doon, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes who sows the sea, uh, him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip sweet wine and all the hills shall flow in it. What is Amos prophesied that during the reign of King David, the fruitfulness of the land will be restored under the blessing of God. He's saying that the land will, so, will be so fruitful that it doesn't need to rest or lie fallow after the harvest. Kasi di ba ganun yun? Tuwing nagtatanim, after i-harvest, kailangan iparest muna yung land bago magtanim ulit. But here, sinasabi niya, there's no need to rest the land. After mag-harvest, pwede ka na magtanim ulit. Kaya sabi niya, as soon as the reaper harvested the crops, nasa likod niya na yung plowman is ready behind him planting another set. Nandiyan na, na-overtake niya pa, in fact. And the grapes grow so rapidly that the treader of grapes or harvester overtakes the one sowing the grape seed. Sinusow niya pa lang, inahani na. Ganon ka-fruitful. Kakatanim lang, may bunga na, may ani na. Who among you have eaten in a buffet? 
Dapat lahat kayo. I'm sure na try nyo na, di ba? Buffet. I'm sure all of us have tried eating in a buffet at least once. And we all know that in a buffet, you can just keep on getting food as much as you can eat. Kaya nga tawag nila, eat all you can. Tama ba? After you finish eating one dish, you can go back another set. And the restaurant will keep on serving it to you until hindi ka na makatayo sa upuan mo. Busog na busog ka na. The fruitfulness of the land will be just like that. The harvest will be like a buffet. It never runs out. And actually, it is even better than a buffet because in a buffet, the food can run out and kailangan mo pa maghintay. Tama ba? Especially yung mga all-time favorites like tempura, steak, sashimi, laging ubos, hintay ka pa. Pero dito sa land na to, wala, wala nang hintayan. Pagtanim pa lang, bunga na. Harvester is at the, at the back. In the buffet, you have to wait, wait a bit as they cook it again for you. But in the fruitful land that God promises, the fruit never runs out. Now, the question is, what does this remind you of? What does this remind you of? It actually reminds us of creation before the fall. Before sin came into creation. It points us back to the Garden of Eden, which is filled with fruit-bearing trees that is able to feed all living creatures, including Adam and Eve. Tama ba? But it also reminds us of the curse God put in the land because of Adam and Eve's sin. In Genesis 3, verse 17 to 18, where God said, Curse is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorn and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. It talks about a barren land. Cursed is the land. But here in Amos 9, verse 13, it is as if God is reversing the curse and bringing back the fruitfulness of original creation. Amos is prophesying a Davidic king that a Davidic king will return, bringing healing to the land, reversing the curse of sin. When will this happen? It will happen at the return of this Davidic king, which will bring about the glorification of Israel and all of God's people. In Romans 8, verse 19 to 21, Paul talks about this. Sabi niya, For the creation waits eagerly longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You see, it's not only us waiting for the return of our king, even creation, because creation will go back to its original fruitfulness. This tells us that the Davidic king will return to bring healing into the land, reversing the curse of sin, not only for us people, but also for all creation. And our restoration comes when we return to our king. He will not only restore the fruitfulness of the land, but also the glory of his people, Jews, Samaritan, Gentiles, lahat. Now the question is, will Israel return to their king? And my question to you, will you return to yours? 
Finally, Amos prophesies that the Davidic king will return and will give eternal blessing and land for his people. Look at their Bibles. In the last two verses, it says there, I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they shall make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant them on their land, and, then, and they shall never again be uprooted out of the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. A Davidic king will return, and God will give eternal blessing and an eternal land for his people. You know, the Israelites have always been travelers, sojourners, yearning for a land of their own. Abraham left his country to pursue God's promise of a land. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt, and they wandered 40 years in the wilderness to get to the promised land. Kakatapos ang natin ang book of Numbers, di ba? And we know this. And they have been exiled from their land because of their sin. You know, the Israelites were always longing for a permanent home, a land that will provide them everything they need. Actually, lahat naman tayo, di ba? We always want a land, a home, a place we can call home that they can never take away from us. Actually, you can hear it in the songs, in many of their songs. Just look at the famous Psalm 23. In the last verse, ano yung last verse of Psalm 23? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will. That longing has always been there in their hearts to have an eternal home that will not be taken away from them. All of us longs for a permanent home. Especially the Israelites. That is, that is actually why there is a war in Israel right now. Why? Bakit? Because people are fighting to get their land back. We are fighting for their home. Not only the Jews, by the way, but also the Palestinians. And here we hear Amos proclaiming God's promise that he will plant Israel on their land and they shall never be outrooted, uprooted out of that land anymore. Pinamis God that they will have a land that will be theirs forever. So the question is for us, malamang napaisip tayo, is modern-day Israel the fulfillment of this prophecy by Amos? Is the Syria-Palestine territory the land promises to give them to be theirs forever? Yung bayon? Honestly, I don't think so. It may or may not be, but the Bible was never clear. It also said that they will be given a land. But what I know for sure is that promise of land, that promise of a permanent home, is only part of an even bigger promise. The promise of a Davidic king will return and rule Israel and all other nations. A promise that will bring about the healing of the land, reversing the curse of the sin. And on that fruitful land, God will give Israel and all his people who will trust and submit to this Davidic king. For me, God, what God has promised Israel is a better land than what we have here on the Fertile Crescent. 
And so, honestly, I strongly believe that we, should, we shouldn't be praying for Israel to get their land. But instead, we should be praying for peace in the land, not only for the Jews, but also for the Palestinians. But most important of all, our prayer is that Israel and even the Palestinians must return to their king. Yun dapat yung number one prayer natin for Israel. That the Israelites and the Palestinians will return to their king. To the Davidic king whom God has promised to rule God's people forever. For he will be the one to bring them to that eternal blessing. To that eternal home. To that eternal land. Only through that Davidic king. And through no one else. The United Nations cannot give that eternal land to anyone. Only this Davidic king. And I strongly believe that that Davidic king has already come. For the opening of the verse of the uh, opening verse of the whole New Testament proclaims Jesus Christ the son of David, the son of Abraham. Brothers and sisters, I believe Jesus is this Davidic king Amos prophesied about who will bring about the restoration of Israel and will bring people of all nations to be part of God's kingdom. And I strongly believe that this is the reason, actually, you know, why you and me are here today, gathered in the presence of God, Gentiles, outcasts, Rebels, sinners, why are we here? Because God has brought us into his kingdom through the work of his son, the Davidic king who came 2,000 years ago, born on a lowly manger, born to die on the cross, born to be the firstborn among the dead, to offer us forgiveness of sins and eternal life, that we can be included in the family of God children of God. Brothers and sisters, UECP, our restoration has come because the Davidic king has come. And we receive restoration when we return and trust King Jesus. Will Israel return to their king? Will Israel return to their king? Yes, they will. God promises that they will. After the Gentiles come to God, to Jesus, the Jews will also return, as written by Paul in Romans chapter 9 to 11. How about you? How about us? How was your walk with Jesus, with the Lord, this year? Have you been drifting away in your relationship with God? Have you been ignoring Him in your life? Have you been living in sin? Have you been living a life of rebellion against God? Have you rejected your King? Have you been putting the Lord last in your life? If so, brothers and sisters, 
it is time to return to your king and find restoration. For only by returning to King Jesus can we live a life of restoration, a life that is pleasing to God. Now my question, I will repeat. Will you return to King Jesus? I hope you will. Because this is actually the message of Christmas. Christmas tells us that restoration has come because King Jesus has come. We only need to return to Him. Restoration comes when you return to King Jesus. Let us pray. Father in heaven, just want to give thanks for today. We thank you for the message of Amos. Indeed, it is hard to hear when we know that punishment and judgment is coming. But Lord, as you always do, you always partner punishment with restoration. Because Lord, we know that you're not a God who is cruel, who just punishes your people. You're a father, a loving father who restores his children. And so you lovingly discipline them, not to harm them, but to bring them back to the right path. And Lord, we thank you for this gift of restoration. Thank you for sending us a Davidic king who will not subject us to slavery, who will not subject us to hard labor, but instead who carries our burden, who offers to take our burdens and carry his yoke for his yoke is light. Father, thank you for this Davidic king you have sent to bring about your restoration. For Lord, we know we cannot do it on our own. Kahit ilang beses namin ayusin buhay namin, lagi pa nagugulo. And yet, Lord, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, the Davidic king, to die on the cross, raise up from the dead, and give us eternal life, a new life, a life that is restored, a life that is pleasing unto you. And Lord, it is our prayer that you will lead us back to him. Help us to follow our King Jesus. Help us to return to him. Help us, Lord, to return to our King that we might be restored. In His name we pray. Amen and amen.